0: District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to CFACT.org. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Hi, everyone. I have returned from Shot Show, and as promised, I have several interviews from The Trade Show to deliver here on the podcast this week. For those of you who are new and just joining District of Conservation, I am your host, Gabriella Hoffman, and we welcome each and every one of you to listen. You're getting more listeners, so we're very happy about that here on the show. And there is much to discuss this week and a lot more public policy, state wildlife agency news, interviews. But this week we're going to chiefly focus on my interviews with three individuals. Today I'm going to bring you guys my exclusive interview with former Nevada Attorney General Adam Laxalt, who is running to be the next U.S. Senator from Nevada We had a pretty interesting conversation. But before you guys listen to his appearance on the show, I encourage you to please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and make sure you are subscribed and leaving reviews. I see that we have two new reviews. They're not currently available for me to view because sometimes that's how Apple is. But thank you for those reviews on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you haven't already... Go leave them on Spotify if that is your preferred podcast player. Tomorrow, I'm going to briefly touch upon my speech at Florida State University and how you can tune in virtually if you're unable to come to Florida because the United States is super vast. I've had many people ask me to record remarks and I finally configured my new GoPro and how to sync it to StreamYard. So there will be a live broadcast, and I'll talk all about it tomorrow. On Wednesday, you'll hear my conversation with former Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke. And then on Friday, Governor Kristi Noem's episode will air. It was great to speak with her, and we'll talk more about that as they come. But now, my interview with Adam Laxalt. I hope you guys enjoy it. Check it out. Hey, everyone. Gabriella here. We're live at SHOT Show, and I'm joined by Adam Laxalt, former Nevada Attorney General running for the U.S. Senate. And you're actually poised potentially to become the Republican nominee. All indications look to be that, but it's great to join you at SHOT Show. Thank you for speaking with me. Thanks
1: so much for having me. It's always uh, SHOT Show is one of our biggest conferences, and uh, it's great to invite from all over the world and all over our country our incredible folks that are the backbone of our gun industry. And uh, as you know, because you visit here, that this is a big deal for Las Vegas. It's a huge convention.
0: It is. And Second Amendment rights are really big here in Nevada. Would you say so? And you're campaigning on that issue as well, nationally speaking, too, right? You know,
1: absolutely. The contrast between Catherine Cortez Masto, the incumbent senator uh, that, that was handpicked by Harry Reid uh, just a few years ago, the contrast couldn't be greater on the Second Amendment. Uh, we, we, she gets a zero from the NRA. Uh, she's with us on absolutely nothing. Uh, hopefully most of your your viewers and, and readers know that uh, as Attorney General, we stood for the Second Amendment from beginning to end. We had some really tough battles um, because, you know, people know the state's a blueing state, um, and we've got California sitting right next door. And so we actually sued a number of uh, you know, giant lawsuits in California to make sure people had the right to carry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those of you that follow, a lot of us conservative AGs, we were a part of that movement that was pushing back against the Obama administration, pushing, pushing back against a lot of the laws and regulations that are greatly restricting our rights.
0: What specific on the Second Amendment are you campaigning on? And hope to deliver on if you were to be elected to the Senate. What positions? Conceal carry reciprocity agreements, uh, silencer deregulation, suppressor deregulation. What what are you campaigning on?
1: Well, of course, at the state level, we we supported as much gun liberty as possible. I mean, the most important thing for me, and the most important contrast for this race, is having someone like me that's going to be able to help be part of the nomination process. Someone that's going to be able to help, you know, pick judges and vet people that my former solicitor general is 45 years old he's on the ninth circuit now and uh, as your 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 viewers know lawrence van dyke a, a a current ninth circuit just judge he's doing some incredible stuff he's writing some incredible opinions on a tough tough circuit um, that's what I could bring to the table of uh, really trying to make sure that we're digging deep. Don't get people that are just kind of flashing credentials uh, or, or faking it just to get on the bench. Uh, we need to really drill down because, you know, as the last few years have shown, our rights, our, our gun rights, can be taken away just like that.
0: Absolutely. And kind of segueing into a similar issue conservation. Land use is a really big issue here in Nevada. You guys have over 60% of federal lands across your whole state. Where do you think the incumbent has fallen short on promoting multiple use or, let's say, sound energy policies? Because it seems like they're drifting more so towards preservationist environmentalism versus true conservation.
1: You know, the bottom line is my opponent stands with, you know, the green crowd. She stands with the radicals. Uh, just like she does with everything, by the way. Uh, We're a very, very centrist state right now. We're really probably center-right as an electorate. Um, But she doesn't stand with the people on anything. And this green agenda that she stands with is exactly what's hurting our middle class. It's exactly what's already given us really high gas prices, really high energy prices. And, you know, for a party that pretends like they're the party of the middle class and the working class... I I hope at least all our folks know that these policies are terrible for that. It's making that middle-class lifestyle that just hundreds of thousands of people moved to Las Vegas and Reno for that lifestyle, for a second shot, it's making it unaffordable. And it doesn't matter what real-world numbers are presented to make them understand this stuff is not sustainable, it's not affordable. Uh, They continue to drive that agenda to appeal to their base.
0: All of the above, is it still a feasible policy for Nevadans? Because your opponent likely wants to move away from oil and gas and exploring alternatives to just strictly solar and wind, which have shown to have a lot of limitations. Do you agree with her position, disagree with her position?
1: There's no question that we need to be all of the above. And, and, you know, this is an example where it doesn't matter what numbers or reality you present, you know, solar and wind is simply not enough. It'll never get the job done. Uh, As we know, the sun can stop shining, the wind can stop blowing, um, and these things take energy just to be able to use, set them up in the first place. As we know, storage Mm -hmm. takes energy, so we're always missing kind of... Uh, A huge piece of the green energy, you know, movement that they talk about. Um, But we need an all-of-the-above solution. And the last 12 months of the Biden administration, that Captain Cortez Masto has shown, has supported shows. When you start going after these really radical policies, what does it give you? You know, they shut down any leasing in in, in federal lands, they shut down the Keystone pipeline, they give a signal out that we're not going to do any more fracking or any of these other sources of energy, and immediately, surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're shortage on, on energy, prices have gone up, um, and then they act like we don't know where this came from. Mm-hmm. You know, same with the, the inflation, where they've continued to spend, and then they're saying they're going to spend even more. Um, and it's going to be transitory even though it certainly didn't look transitory (laughs) and now we know it's not transitory Um, I think this is the story of where we are right now in America this is where we are in my race that the left and my opponent and what they believe in nearly everything they believe in proves to be false proves that it won't work in reality and actually hurts everyday Americans and you would think they pivot away from it. You would think the last 12 months would be like, oh my God, maybe we should retrench a little bit. Mm-hmm. They are so locked in on this. Mm-hmm. I think they just can't. You know, this is this is who they are. Mm-hmm. And Democrats always like to say, this isn't who we are. <laughs> uh, you know, whatever that saying is. Well, this is exactly who they are. They're radicals. Uh, they have an ideology that is not informed by facts or reality. and. Uh, You know, I think, in my state, I could tell you that having campaigned in an Obama year, and I had never run before, you know, I get a chance to defend our Constitution, defend our liberties, people were really upset that Obama was stepping on everything with executive orders. I remember that feel. And people were very upset with Washington, they were upset with President Obama. This is just a whole nother level. Is it really? It is a whole nother level of how upset people are, because then it was like, you know, a few discrete issues. You know, really, the stepping on the Constitution mm-hmm. and destroying federalism, like, that was a big issue. And, you know, all the elites and some of the media, you know, President company excluded, you know, they think our voters don't even understand the Constitution, don't understand federalism. Absolutely they do. They understand how important it is, how it's given us our liberties and freedom, and Now they understand all that's under assault and at the same time their cost of living is going up and cancel culture is being added on and they can really feel these threats in a much more existential way than even back then. Uh, And I just think that You know, it's fine. People can wait to predict a tsunami Uh, all they want. We are are in a tsunami right Mm -hmm. this second. People Mm -hmm. are ready to send a big message.
0: Similar to the Second Amendment, but separate, are hunting rights. And I know you've advocated a lot for hunting rights. A lot of hunters in Nevada. What are you planning to do if you were to be elected to safeguard those rights? Because some of the Senate Democrats, including your potential opponent, have supported legislation to chip away at it on a whole host of different issues or generally speaking, why do you think it's important to safeguard hunting rights in addition to Second Amendment rights?
1: You know, hunting is a way of life for a lot of people. And uh, certainly Nevadans that are multi-generational, like they've hunted big parts of the state. It's a huge piece of bringing your son out. And, and I look forward to bringing my have a four-year-old son now. I can't wait to do that with him. And so, you know, it's so outrageous these people will not accept these, this lifestyle. You know, how does it harm the left that people are choosing to go hunting on their weekend instead of sitting at Starbucks uh, and drinking Frappuccinos? Like, I, I just wish these people would finally learn to just let other people live different lifestyles and things that they care about. But, um, you know, uh, obviously at the state level, that that's one thing. At the federal level, I'm a reliable vote against anything that would limit hunting. Um, and again, you know, we need to make sure that in the judicial world, if you have any judges they are going to be weighing in on this thing, that we have good judges that also understand these values.
0: Indeed. Yeah, hunting is conservation, as we say, in the greater scope of things. And they want to move away from that model to a more public use model. Sort of unrelated to our conversation. But yeah, no, it's good that more Republicans like yourself understand that.
1: There's a lot of yeah. money. There's yeah. no question that comes in from hunting and the yes. conservation efforts, and they always leave that piece off. Uh, that A lot of this stuff is almost fully funded yeah. by fees that, that hunters are paying. They're paying their way, and they're taking care of their environment along the way.
0: So, Adam, where could everyone follow your campaign, learn more about your platform, and perhaps maybe follow some of your advocacy on the Second Amendment and hunting sure. issues? Sure, thank you
1: so much. AdamLaxell.com. It's pretty easy. And uh, I could just tell you, this is the 51st seat. Uh, Many of you may know, Herschel Walker and I are the two races that are part of winning the majority. We're both winning today. We're both uh, Trump-endorsed. And and things look really, really good, but but certainly love your support.
0: Thank you so much, Mr. Attorney General. Thank you. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening and watching this conversation. Thanks for listening to this installment of District of Conservation. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to never miss a beat nor a guest announcement. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, our highest listening platform, and also find us on Spotify, which is also a popular choice, and wherever podcasts are played. If you ever have any questions, thoughts, concerns, go leave some reviews for us in these respective podcast players, especially Apple, and let us know what you'd like to hear or who you'd like me to interview next. We have much, much more content ahead in 2022. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.